start, ladies. Um, what? Bring the back. Yeah. Were you blessed by Betty? Isn't she wonderful? Yeah, very inspiring. So my purpose of this is that I really wanted to do a workshop form because I wanted it to feel less like they were being talked at and more like it was participatory and it was interactive. Because I do not feel that what you hear is what changes you. I feel like what you do is what you hear changes you. And so I feel that uh, too much of the word, uh, oftentimes when we're studying the word, we're only studying it to learn it and we're not studying it to do it. And so most of the time, we're not taking anything forward and we find ourselves snapping in our faith. And so the Holy Spirit was given um, if the Word of God, I love this, if the Word of God was the only thing that was, when the Word of God was given, it wasn't enough. Jesus had to come. The Word of God would not have been enough. We had to have Jesus. And if Jesus was enough, we would have only had Jesus, but we had to be given the Holy Spirit. The Comforter had to come. So the intention of God from the beginning was for you to get the Holy Spirit. So for you to just read your Bible and not encounter the Holy Spirit with your Bible, you're not getting enough. You're not. You're just getting words on a page. He came that you would experience him. He came that you would encounter him and that you would become intimately woven with the scripture and it would become alive in you. It's not enough to just read it. It has to be encountered. So we're going to get started. Identity. Uh, how many were here on Sunday who were here? So of the, like 10 of you are sitting down this floor. Perfect. So half. Alright, so I am going to review a little bit of what I did on Sunday. Um, and the reason why is I thought it was really good and I really wanted to permeate. Because I'm convinced that with the culture, I'm convinced that the Old Testament has stagnated us women. I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced that we got stuck somewhere and we have moved into New Testament revelation and New Testament activation especially the women for our faith. And um, so um, we have got to step forward. All right, so identity. Okay, so that's why I want to talk a little bit about uh, a little bit more what I talked on Sunday on Mother's Day, because I really want to inspire you. And I want to give you a better viewpoint of your identity and your femininity of how God sees you, what you were created for, um, you were really created for really awesome. So identity, what God thinks of us and revealing, why don't we talk about this, what God thinks of us and our lives and believe. I have believed lots of lies. As Betty was sharing uh, all of her parts, I have believed lots of lies about this I really love Jesus. I was extremely passionate. I was model um, in that I was modeled, but I was modeled that I was doing the editorial and you feel nudity or I just kind of was a little right. Um, when I came to Jesus, I had a, a skirt that was like this short. I thought it was just the more conservative skirt. I had a more conservative dress on. I had two of these dresses. They were the shirt dresses, and they were really tight. And the dress that I was wearing, I decided I'm going to church today, and I think I'm going to come to Jesus. I'm going to encounter Jesus. I'm going to receive Jesus this morning. And I got saved in this skirt that was super, super short, and I had these big stilettos on. Big 80s hair, because it was the 80s, and uh, big long, curly, curly hair. And I looked like Tammy Faye with lots of mascara coming down my face and everything. And I thought, oh, you know, I'm coming to Jesus, look, these people are 
life and that I had a lot of void within myself and my identity. My mom was always a believer who's here. She was always very faithful to pray for me, uh, constantly prayed for me. I was a bit rebellious, so she would put like big cross marks on my forehead with oil. I was sleeping, I listened to rock music and she turned my radio to Christian music. I'd be sleeping and I'd find big cross marks on my forehead, pimple marks. Because I was a teenager, I'd have a pimple of the cross the cross pimples right here because she was anointing me with oil. My hair would be oily just right here. I didn't understand why because there was a rushing of oil as I was sleeping. My mother was anointing me and doing all the stuff to me tonight. And, um, but I, was, I, thought, I, was, I thought, you know what, you guys, you guys can worship the picture on the wall. And I decided I was just going to be reckless and I could do a belly for a very short amount of time. Um, my father died very tragically. It was a very catalytic moment for me. So I came to Jesus because I was like, you know, Lord, I just lost some of my, some of my deepest hopes and my dreams. So I came to Jesus and I had no idea what, what, how I came to Jesus with hope and with the, with a very generous, um, uh, naive, naivety uh, about Jesus. And then as time progressed, I would be within the church and I wanted to serve God, but people were very finger pointing. And uh, you have to change your clothes. You, I did, I didn't need to change that. I figured that out for myself. The people didn't tell me, I figured it out, they were very lovely to me. So I realized I need to change. I can't wear that shirt that I'm wearing anymore to church. So um, they were very gracious to me, and that was very public. And I encountered the Holy Spirit, which was a big changer for me. Um, and so from that, I realized that on my journey with Jesus, I started picking up lies that were not true, that were not true, that were not Jesus' plan for my life. For instance, I thought, I started thinking, well, if I'm going to be a good Christian, uh, a good Christian leader, a good Christian woman, or a mature leader, because my husband wanted to in ministry, and uh, we wanted to serve God more full time, that's how I heard my calling. I just loved God, and I was in Bible school for vacuum, and, you know, I was always vacuuming. I was paid for Bible school, and I was vacuuming. And I got my first call to for ministry with a vacuum, and someone came up to me and said, you know, I really think you want to harvest I never even thought that for myself because I love Jesus so much. I wanted to serve him full time. My husband made a decision that that's what he wanted to do. We started in that direction, and all these crazy things started being put on me, like uh, religion, um, religious bondage. Uh, well, uh, leaders, women leaders, don't talk so much. Women leaders don't uh, teach. They don't teach from the front. Women leaders uh, serve their husbands only. They are not bringing forth all that is in them. Um, women leaders are seen and not heard. Um, women leaders are, uh, they show their faith, they show their deep devotion to the Lord by taking care of his kids and making children's ministry and being a loving husband, a loving wife to their husband. And so I began to receive falsities upon myself that were not designed by God. And the unfortunate thing is some of the theological views will give you a good answer for it. But the truth is, a lot of that is locked in an Old Testament uh, viewpoint because Jesus had not come and the Holy Spirit had not come yet to set everybody free. So in, back in the Old Testament, if you were, um, the Holy Spirit wasn't on everybody. One person was called to be a prophet. One person was called to be a priest. 
case, one person was called to be king. Uh, and we knew who it was. But me and you, the, the minions and little peons, you know, walking around, loving God, we just were told what we would do, but we didn't hear him in our heart. He wasn't speaking to us. And it wasn't until Jesus came and fulfilled the Old Testament, he was the completion, he didn't abolish it, but he fulfilled it. Jesus came so that what we could have was a comforter who would come after him. And then the Holy Spirit would live in all of us, and now we were all called to minister, and we were all called to do priestly works, which is very powerful. And when you look at that, it's very different uh, viewpoint than the Old Testament, that we're all stepping into something. So I believe a lot of lies, and um, what, so I believe a lot of lies about myself. Now, what I really believe will come out in a couple different ways. I can say I believe, I can say I have faith, I can say I'm full, I can say I can do that. But what I really believe will come out in what I say, what I do or what I don't do, how I see others and how I see myself and how I see my future. Death and life are the power of the tongue, which is Proverbs 18. I, if I really believe that I have, I am received by the Father, that I am loved by Him, that I am His beloved, that I was designed for His, his purposes, that He designed me in my feminine to do great things, alongside possibly a husband, maybe not alongside a husband, uh, along maybe with children, maybe without children. Um, so if I really believe that design for me, then I will, um, I will hear it, you will hear it from my mouth, you will see it in my deeds, You'll see it in my actions, you will see it in how I interact with other people, and you will see it in how I see my future. Any area of your life where there is not listening hope, that belief there is a lie, an inception of a lie from the devil that you have received. So if you perceive yourself to be uh, low cost, if you perceive yourself to be self-conscious, if you perceive yourself to be too much, if you perceive yourself to be too little, if you perceive yourself to be too old, see yourself to be too fat, too skinny, not pretty enough. Whatever it is, that is a lie. And somebody put it on me. So why do I believe these lies? There are false belief systems and wrong mindsets that I have accepted into myself. It could have been from my parents. It could be something generational. Um, it, could come, it comes from a wide variety of things. It, it can be the devil. If we wrestle against sin, uh, we wrestle against the nature ourselves, the devil who is alive and well, and a fallen world, a fallen system. So, where do those some some of those things have nothing to do with you? But the reason that you're believing them is because you've taken it into your heart. So, there's false belief systems and wrong mindsets. The devil, our culture, can be pressing on us false false truths. Uh, it can even be our church culture. Um, most church people are well intending, but it doesn't mean it's the design of God. For us, it can be for the design of God for your husband or for your children or for yourself. It's not just your femininity. But the bigger, uh, I think the bigger um, difficulty within our culture, within our Christian culture, is what to do with women. There's a big what to do. What are they supposed to be doing? And I think we ask ourselves the same thing. I mean, I know I have. What am I supposed to do? Okay, I'll just be a good wife to Kevin. Okay, I'll, I'll just do this. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, I'll, I'm, I'm constantly wanting to be the person from behind or the person in the shadows. And I don't believe that's the call of God over most of our lives. That I believe he has something for us to bring forth, whatever it is within our hearts. There is something that is unique to you and to your femininity that he is trying to bring forth from you. And, um, okay, so, um, so our lives can also be directly related 
your view of God. So how are we going to break free from these lies? Life in the spirit, like Betty was talking about, there's an encounter that we are walking in when she prayed the prayer of Ephesians. That is true for us. Life full of the spirit of God. John 8.32 said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That word truth there is gnosis epe, which means a cognitive knowledge. It's a synthesized harmony of understanding and it's not because it's knowledge it's understanding. It's like you being aware that you have a printer and you being aware of how it works. The next step is because Romans 8 2 says, because you belong to him, the power of life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin. That 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 word there, um, oh no, okay, we're gonna go a little lower. Okay, so it's freed your power of sin that. So holistic relationship with the Holy Spirit is our goal. Ephesians 1, which uh Betty quoted. Uh, 119, to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So that knowledge word is epignosis, which is epic knowledge. It's all filling. It's almost like when you receive the Holy Spirit, but when you speak in tongues and you become full of the Holy Spirit, it's a different word. There's upon and then there's epi, which is an overflowing, so where it reaches out in everything that you're doing. The epignosis is the same thing. There's a feeling that starts to happen so that when you are um, learning the Word of God, you're becoming aware of knowledge of the Word of God, and then you're knowing what to do with it. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the encounter. That's the epignosis. That's the twisting and the turning and the merging that you have with the Holy Spirit. So it's more than just learning Scripture. It's, it's encountering the Scripture with the power of the Holy Spirit. So, from these two, we begin a process of renewing our mind, which is Romans 12, that you may be renewing of your mind, and you may know the good, perfect, what's good. Learning what is true and controlling our thoughts. Okay. The next thing is being set free from the things that are controlling us. So there's a knowledge of the Word of God. We have to know what does God say to us? What does He say over us? What is His heart? Is He good? Does He care? Is He harsh? Is He angry? Is he um, in cold? Is he um, untender? Is he kind? What is the heart of God? And and so we're learning what is. So we learn the word of God, and then we couple it with the Holy Spirit, which is life in the Spirit. It becomes alive. We become dead to self and alive in Christ. Uh, like I was saying, we're no longer living a selfish life. We're encountering what. Do, what do you want from me today, Holy Spirit? What's your plan? What's your idea? What are we doing with this? How am I going to handle my son? How am I going to handle my daughter? How am I going to get through my ministry or my opportunity to serve this person? How am I going to do my job today? Those are all encounters in life and spirit. So um, what is this to us and how do we, so uh, the next thing is being set free from the things that are in us. So there's stuff that is not supposed to be there. And there's a, a, a redemption of our mind or a transforming of our mind, which is our ignorance um, to what is true. But there's stuff that's there that's from sin, sins, lies, and generational curses or traumas. That stuff is there, and that's coming to the understanding of it. So there's sins that have to be repented for. There's stuff that has to be closed with doors. There's lies that we believe too much, not enough. Um, the things that I said, generational curses, 
things from grandma that if all the women always act like this, all the women always do this, all the men always do that, marriage always looks like this. Well, if you're going to raise your kids, this is how you should do it. There's generational things that are not necessarily from the heart of the Father for you. And what do we do with that? That stuff has to be broken off. And stuff has to be broken. There's traumas that are within you that are not from God. You are a vessel, and the plan of God for your life is to be filled with the Spirit. So there's not supposed to be any kind of cooking weirdnesses that we have when we drive on the road or when we uh, you know, interact with our kids or we interact with ourselves and the perceptions that we feel about ourselves. Those are not supposed to be there. Those are falsities, those are false belief systems, and those are lying mindsets that we should not be having ourselves. They're not from God, but they're there. They're both there. We're two people sometimes. Some of it is, is flesh, some of it is natural minded, and some of it is stuff that just has to be healed or we have to be set free from. So the key is finding what I wanted to focus on today is finding what are those things within ourselves that is holding us back from where Jesus wants to take us. What's there? Why won't you say, why won't you go forward? Why won't you try that? Why won't you launch out and date again if you went through a hard why do you feel like you're not enough? Why do you feel like you're too much? Why do you feel like the Lord won't help you because you've made such a big mistake of everything ten to trillion times? Why do you feel those things about yourself if it's not true? How does God see us? God sees you as if you are chosen, as chosen as his. He has picked you. God sees you as daughter. He sees you as more than conqueror. He sees you as highly favored. He sees you as accepted. He sees you as a hope and a future. He sees you as love. He sees you as his. His. Picked. Chosen. Handpicked. Of all of the multitudes, he would pick you. He'd pick you and he'd ransom you for nations. Just for you. He'd say, oh, that whole nation over there, I'll put that out there because it's a million. Or because of Charmaine. That's the desire of his heart for you. That's the craziness that he feels for you. So who are we as women? Uh, in Genesis 2.18 it says, Now the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. That word helper that compares means equal, abiding, equal aiding strength that orbits and assists. But the other time that that word is used is God, it is in Psalm 46 where it says, God is our refuge and our strength a very present help in time of trouble. So that word, refuge and strength, is the same equally eating strength. It's called Ezer Kenegigo in Psalm 46. It's the only other time where God uses that word besides the word that he describes woman with, which is eating and abiding strength. Eating and abiding strength. And what that word means in Psalm 46 is uh, it's the time when Jehoshaphat was in great battle and it was all going to go down and the people of Israel had really screwed it up again in their lives and they're about to be defeated. Um, once again, they have been disobedient. And, the, and Jehoshaphat cried out to God that the Lord would save them. And God, in, in, in equal aiding strength that orbits and assists, came down with strength in the time of battle, in the time of war, and saved them. That is the same word for helping. For helping. It's the same word. They're inter it's the only other time that it's used. So it's meaning that God is validating to you that you are a help in time of great need, a time of great strength. You are strength. You are aiding, abiding. You surround whatever you're doing 
equals strength. We can move in any arena with God's strength and power because we have the capacity to orbit and to circular, circular uh, changing it. The word womb means man of the womb. I'm sure it's on Sunday. The word womb means man of the womb. And I thought at first that maybe this was something that um, that a guy wrote or something, like why would they put man in the mouth, like something more separating us. And I don't think the intention was to make something separate. I think God chose chooses his words in his perfection. So we are we're man with the womb, which means that there's equality because God sees us with strength in the same way that he sees men. We're not separate in like a diminished role. Uh, we're not separate and diminished like under the feet kind of thing. We're man of the womb. And the word womb means, which I thought was very powerful, the word womb means, uh, it means um, anything that, anything, uh, a place where anything is produced is a womb, uh, like a woman's womb. But it's used 990 times the word womb is used. And uh, not always is it used as preparing children. Which I thought is very powerful. So it means also anything that is produced, anywhere, anything where anything is produced. So there's a, where things are birthed. So with the womb, where things are birthed, anything is produced. It's a large deep cavity, so it's something that gazes and surrounds and brings something forth. And it also needs to enclose, which again, surrounding. So it's, and it's not just bearing children. Which I think is very powerful because we see ourselves oftentimes as just uh, baby makers, and that God has so much more for us to birth through our wombs. Uh, and uh, scripture references of those wombs the womb of the body, which we all are very knowledgeable of, but the womb of the spirit, the womb of the mind, and the womb of the dawn. There's different usages. And even the church, they say in Psalm 110, is, is, a, is, is like there's some kind of a dew coming down. So if that's true, and Rose shared with me last week that um, that women will pray um, in the Old Testament, they would pray by the water, and they would uh, they would pray until something would birth and a great work of God. And in every single circumstance where something was being birthed, there was women that were praying. And oftentimes, again, we only see ourselves in one way, which is that we're just mothers and babies. Uh, All right, the next person. So, uh, oh, I don't have the, okay. Um, 50% of all women, 50% of all women that have children will be, uh, or of all the women that have children, 50% uh, of your adult life will be about your kids. 30% uh, will not have children. So there's a big season of your life that you will not have kids. So what does that mean? If your identity is wrapped up in being a mother, what does that mean if your identity is wrapped up in finding a husband? Because you have to be a mother, you have to be a wife. Where is your identity? Can you birth something else? Do you have capacity through the womb of the mind, through the womb of the dawn, through the womb of the spirit to be more than that? Were you created for Who defines what you do if you're a man of the womb? Do you have the same capacity of thinking, the same power of experience, the same authority to move in the same realms 
as a counterpart that might have to email. Could you do that? Where were you given that glory? Where does it come from? The New Testament set you free. The Old Testament, you have bondage. Every religion in the world almost always has a bondage over women because of a curse. I believe it's because of the curse of Genesis. I believe it's a curse. So when Jesus came to set women free, and 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 them too, they, they had a hand of bondage as well. So if that's true about you, what are you to bring forth? What are you to earn? What's your capacity? If there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free, what are you supposed to do? If you're seen fully capable, fully anointed, fully empowered, the ability to create and become, what identity have you allowed to be created for yourself? What lie have you believed? What something lies there that keeps you? You think, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to reconcile this with my kids, I'm going to reconcile this with my mother, I'm going to reconcile this with my husband, I'm going to fix this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to write this, I'm going to go there, I'm going to go with this creative impulse that the Holy Spirit has given me. What keeps you from doing that? What is the lie that you believe? There has to be something there, I'll believe that. If you really believe you could, you would. It doesn't have to be big, it can be small. And most of the time, everything, I mean, all things are small because faith has to be earned. God has to bring us to the end of ourselves that He might want more of Himself. He can't get more of Himself until we come to the end of what we already have, what we already want. So if that's the case, what would He call you to do? What would you step forth in? Are you a writer? Are you a singer? Are you a dancer? Have you always wanted to dance? Have you always wanted to write? Have you always wanted to be more free? Have you always wanted to do this for God? Have you wanted to get involved in that for the Lord? Have you wanted to bring this kind of change within your home? Have you wanted to implement Bible study? Have you wanted to be a host of fun? Have you wanted to start playing games on the sick? I had a crazy dream the other day, and I was thinking about it right back here when uh, Betty was uh, talking. I had this crazy dream that Randy, Randy Clark And so they're interconnected. Some had like um, toy soldiers that they were going to give to 
themselves, and they were like interchanging everything. And so I was talking with them, I said, hey, Randy Clarkson, you know, we're going to go out and um, I said, okay, did you guys just do your thing? And it's almost like a Proverbs 31, the things that they put together, they were um, sharing one with the other. And so I went back to the other room, and um, Randy had come in, and he looked very old, very interesting. He looked very old. And he said to me, I'm retiring. I'm retiring now. I'm retiring now. I'll take this away this week. And the crazy thing is he was wearing a woman's costume. And the assistant had done the same. And I, and then uh, I thought, wow, that's really weird. He looked in like, but he had this woman's costume on. And he decided he was going to go to bed. And I was not seeing the Holy Spirit the next morning. Like, what did I see that for? What was that? And I thought the Lord was telling me in, in, the, um, in the retiring chapter for Randy Clark, he's going to begin. Turn over healing works of God and healing impartations of anointing over to uh, housewives and women. It's going to be like a transference of anointing that he was wearing in his retirement season. In his retirement season, he had just put this house on, like he was wearing a smock, like a, like a housewife, like when she wears jeans and do the house. And I felt like the Lord was telling me that room full of women, that room full of women, Sherry. Is women that, uh, as we come together and stir women together in leading and raising up things and doing things and empowering each other and interacting and communing together with what the Holy Spirit's doing through our lives, that impartation is going to come to us through that everyday mother uh, impartation. That's powerful. It's really powerful. And in, in a retirement season, I can believe that it's a season of a woman, not in comparison to men, but who are you to me? So what are we going to do? We're going to ask the Holy Spirit, what lies do I believe about myself? I'm unworthy. Do I feel like I'm unforgiven for something? Do I feel unloved? Do I feel hopeless? Do I feel unwanted? Is there something within myself? We're going to have a time of ministry that I want to, I want to minister to you guys because I think what Betty did was very powerful and I think the Lord really wants to minister to you as well. So we're going to ask the Holy Spirit, what is there in me that is not true? What is the lie that I have believed about who you say I am? I'm more than a conqueror. I'm strong. I'm bold. I'm brave. Did you know that courage is not the absence of fear? Courage is the absence of self. Courage is not the absence of fear. You can do it. Right? Courage is the absence of self. So how do I see the Lord? Do I see him as harsh? Do I see him as unloving? Do I think that he's angry at me? When I make a mistake, when he gives me something and he says, hey, Sherry, go for this, I want you to try it. It's just a little something. I want you to get up there and offer your voice for singing. Or I want you to go in there and take care of the sweet babies. Or I want you to offer your drawing gift. I want you to show off your poetry. I want you to show off your writing abilities. I want you to offer what you have. I want you to offer what's in you, Sherry. And so I bring that forward and I kind of, it's not as good as I thought it was or it wasn't as all that I thought it could be. Maybe it just falls flat out. Maybe I make a big mess of it. Do I believe that God is harsh to me? Do I think he's harsh? Do I think he's a legalist? Do I think that God is uh, a religious cop that is waiting to smack me with something? As long as I'm uh, doing good, I'm good. If I make a mistake, if I have a bad one, 
do I think that way about the Lord? Do I see myself differently than God sees me? Do I know him as good, kind, generous, willing, quick to forgive, abounding in love, slow to anger, Zephaniah 3.16, one of my favorite verses, do I believe that is true? Even if I've not done anything for myself, even if I've, I've made goofy diapers and I should be further along and I'm honestly a mature Christian and I still have fear issues, I'm a mature Christian and I still can't see the reality of the circumstances and I continue to go around the corner. I go around the corner, I go around the block, I go around the block. Do I believe that he's harsh? Do I believe he'll give me another chance? Do I believe that he'll harm me the ball again when I'm trying to run back the field? Do I see him this way towards me that he's good, that he's kind, he's slow to anger? Alright, next slide. That's it. So I want, to, I want to have some time. I believe that I believe that the Lord is. Um, I believe that the Lord is doing things in us women. I believe that He wants to break some things off of us this morning. I believe there's lies and there's belief systems that you are not supposed to be thinking about yourself. And so I'm going to have uh, Jody come up, and we're going to have just a little bit of interaction with the Holy Spirit. And I know there's a lot of us here that have are mature believers. But there are things that if we don't get honest with ourselves, they will not change. I, I, there's things that I have not done for years that I will do because I have a belief and I have fear and I have false belief systems that make me think God is harsh. So I don't talk. I don't do it. I'd rather stay to the back. I'd rather go to the shadow. I'd rather let somebody else do it. I'd rather let somebody else do something like that. I'd rather pass it with some fault to them. But the truth of the matter is, I don't believe I can do it to myself. So is there a calling? Is there a word? Is there a word that the Lord is going to speak to you this morning? Is there something? Is there a thought? Is there a plan? Is there a vision? There's a plan and there's a vision and there's a destiny for every single one of you women. Every single one of you. And there's multiple plans. There's a plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You can make a big fat mess of it all and he's got 10 more plans for you. He's got plenty of He's always coming up with creative ideas because he's the creative God. So he's always got stuff for you. He can always, you can make a mess and find yourself a mess and then he can turn it all around and go back to you. Because he's God. So what has he said to you? Maybe you think he hasn't said anything. Maybe you think he hasn't said anything. Maybe you've never heard of him. Maybe you've never heard of him. Maybe you don't hear him for you because there's stuff there. So I want to, Joey's going to play, play and I want to take the time of ministry. There are cards on your table. Those cards were going to ask the Holy Spirit, what are false identities that I have? I want you to be worldly ones. I don't want you to think of yourself as a mature Christian today. I really want you to ask the Holy Spirit, what is the law in that age? I want you to be really honest with him. He tells me things, and it cuts me sometimes, but it's for my good. And I, he, he asks me, do you want me to stop talking to you, Sharon? Do you want me to stop talking? I can. I cannot tell you those things. But I want him to because I know he loves me. But he can say no harm thing for me. He can say. So we're going to ask Jesus, Jesus, what is, Jesus, what is the lies? Holy Spirit, what are the things, what are the beliefs, what are the lies 
I just command all lying voices that are not supposed to be speaking to be silent in Jesus' name. And for those that cannot hear, I loose the voice of God in your hearts fresh right now. I command truth to come forth. So I want you to write a few things down. I just want you to write a few things down. I just want you to soak and ask. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to stop believing about myself? What's just not true? What is not true? What did you not say? I feel a word to say to you. Who told you that? Who said you weren't mine? Who said you weren't good enough? Who said you were too far behind? Who said you had too many stains? Who said that wasn't true? That's not me. So Holy Spirit, we believe you come right now in a strong, tangible way. What is a lie that I believe about my hope, about my calling, about my future? What am I not listening to? So I want us to just stand Getting before the presence of God, getting real, is always uncomfortable. It's always uncomfortable. There's an awkwardness to engage the spirit that we can't see. It's just there sometimes. When you push past it long enough, you're used to it. But if you've not done it much, or you've never done it at all, you're going to feel awkward. It doesn't mean that God's not going to engage you. It doesn't mean the presence of God is not there. It doesn't mean the power of God is not going to fall. So we're just going to do what he says. Because what he says, if we do what he says, he will come. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to think of those things, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to bring that stuff off of us. So you can repeat this after me. Holy Spirit, these are the things on this card that I have believed that are not true. I repent for believing lies. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So I don't receive any shame and guilt for this. And if there's shame and guilt, I commit to go right now. Because it's not from you. I'm just coming from you to Jesus. So I just empty that stuff before you, Holy Spirit. I renounce these lies. And I want you to say them with your mouth and never tell the party. You don't have to say it to anyone else. I'm just going to say it to them. Just to the Father. Honest. Honest engagement. I have believed this wrong. I have believed that you said what is not true. I'm not going to believe it anymore. I repent of that. Just take your time and just say it to the Lord. Just encounter Him. Holiness, Lord. Just repent for my unbelief, Lord. We do. I repent for staying in the shadows when you said other things to me. I repent for hiding from your presence. I repent for being the same. I repent for the same, Lord. And now I just want you to open your hands. I want you to receive.
washing me totally clean, washing me clean, every part of you. We're just receiving a fresh dose of your love. That cleanses us from all unrighteousness, that heals all diseases, that permeates every single part of us, Lord. We just receive that right now. Right now, washing us clean, the blood of Jesus on us, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I want you to feel that I'll get this presence coming. And now, right now, I just want to release over you. And you can say with your mouth, Holy Spirit, come. Come and give this power. Fill me to every single part of me. And wash all parts of me. And fill me with power. I'm your vessel. And I know you want to do great things with me. I renounce those lies. And I receive fresh power from you right now. And I command anything that binds me to go from me right now, inside or out, upon. If there's an illness, I command it to go from me, it's rooted in bitterness. I command it to go right now. I pray that for me right now because I know I have authority. Where there's bitterness, where there's strife, where there's anger, where you had an angry heart, I release the power of God of it right now. And I command this demonic affliction to go from me right now. Where you felt unvalued, where you felt unworthy, unworthy, where you felt unloved, I release the power of God over you right now to set you free. And where you receive this power of change, this power of overcoming, triumphing over all that oppresses us, over all that lies to us. I release your eyes to see you yourselves fresh and new. I release your ears to hear. Your heart to receive fresh and new. And I just impart over you fresh faith. I release an impartation over you of fresh faith. A fresh vision of yourself. A fresh viewpoint of your future. Fresh hope. I pray now I command forth days, weeks, fresh gifting, fresh impartation, fresh vision, fresh destiny, fresh plan, fresh creative impulses, fresh perspectives of whatever it was that had aligned to it, Lord. We receive it right now, fully. Come, Holy Spirit, right now, like only you can. Encounter us, encounter every part, washing clean visions, fresh vision, fresh anointing, Fresh hope, fresh sight, fresh desire, desire that we haven't had in a long time. God, some of us have been faking it for a while. Some of us have been faking our faith, like Betty said. We've been faking it. It's not real what we live out. We go in our room and we're down and we're depressed, and yet in front of everybody else, we're, we're together. We're, we're, the, we're the super ones. We're, we're the ones that look like uh, rock stars or something. We've got all the right answers. Proceed. But Lord, I pray with that right now, that lie that we have believed that has rendered us inoperative and unable to move, I command concrete to come off the feet of your people. I command bindings to come off them right now. I loose the daughters of God right now in Jesus' name. Come Come alive. Be free in Jesus' name. If you feel that to you, I just want you to move a little. 
feel like you're coming out of tombs. I just want you to feel it. I just know you're coming, Holy Spirit, and you're setting me free. No longer bound by lies. No longer believing what is not true. I release it right now. I release the power of God over these women. A download. A download from heaven. A fresh rushing of power. A fresh rushing with infilling. Fresh desire. Fresh hope. Cares. Just bless you for it, Lord. We just bless you. We thank you, Father. We thank you that it's coming. Change is coming. Renewal is coming. Vision, hope, answers are coming. The bindings that have caused things not to be answered are coming forth now because we're no longer bound. Freedom from blindness and deafness. Freedom from muteness. Unable to speak. Women that can't talk. They can't come forth, coming forth, just showing you what it is. Lord, if there's more clusters of things that are holding them back just from this start of time and encounter with the Holy Spirit, they just show them what it is. And they're going to break it off. They're going to take authority. They're going to cover with the blood of Jesus. They're going to renounce it and they're going to push it forward for you, Lord. They're going to push the presence of God. They're going to push the power of God into them, Lord. Power is going to fill them. It's going to change them. God, they're not going to be the same tomorrow. Because they love you. Honesty. Father, we want honesty in our workplaces. We want transparency and authenticity. We want to pay it. We want to pay it. We want it real. God, you know the things that you spoke over these daughters. There's plans, there's visions, there's calling, there's crazy stuff spoke over them. Things that they want to say in their back, and you can call them forward. And they haven't wanted to do it because something held them back. Or don't let it do it. Don't let them stay there anymore. Don't let them stay in the chair. Don't let them stay in the false belief system. Don't let them build us right from religious uh, uh, idol. Lord, there's idols in our heart, and you've got to tear them down. You've got to show us what it is. You've got to show us what's false. You've got you to come. We have to go hard to you. We have to go hard. We have to push in. We can't stay where we are. We've got to push in. You gotta push in. It has to make us tired to find you. It has to make us tired to hear you. God, we can't be the same. We have got to have breakthrough. We have got to have encounter. We have got to have an inbreaking in these areas. We have got to have an inbreaking in our life. We're tired of the same stuff, Jesus. It can't be like that anymore. You have to break in. God, break hardness apart on these old daughters. Hardness of heart, you have to go in Jesus' name. You foul foul spirit, binding the daughters of God. You must go. Hardness, you must go. Skills, you must come off in Jesus' name. I release healing. I release power. I release deliverance in Jesus' name. So come free in Jesus' name. And I want to ask the minister, um, if the party no, um, to come forward, Billy, Billy, Shelly, and Selena, Betty, Gal, Grace, Jerry Rose, you would line up. I believe that God said, "Come to the 
think some of you are still even a little harsh and you can't even hear. And so I think there's a deeper bondage. So I put these women up there. I already knew they were coming to white. So you should come up, please. You come up if you see it too. So if we don't have enough, then we'll spread out even wider. I want you to be really honest. I did this so you would be super, super honest. I did this, I put you in tables because I didn't want you to hide behind a chair like you. I tried to shake you up because I wanted you to be shaken so that you would encounter me. I wanted to push you outside of this one more joke experience. I wanted something deep to come. So these women are here because they pray with power and they pray with authority. I want, there, there are women here that you are still bound. You are bound. And you pray to be with these prayers, but there's something deeper there. And you don't want to be the same. So the, path, the, the, the prayer is that you want change, and you want encounter, and you want to be deeper. People be false to and you're not even sure if they're free yet. I've had to pray certain things for a year to go pray in. There's stuff that I had built up walls that I had to pray for a year when God is her one teaching me her stuff. Unbinding you. Clusters of stuff that were surrounding one big center. Because I had picked up all my stuff. Some of you need to repent because you have been involved in occultic things. You have opened doors sexually. You have been impure with your behaviors. You've been immoral. You've been nationally minded. You've been worldly in your heart and there's doors that you need to close. There's a repentance that you have to do. I want to see you separate this day. Never be the same. 